The content of this podcast is personal opinion of the hosts and guests and is not to be taken, interpreted, or perceived as medical advice on the practice of medicine. Uh, it looked like to me that they were trying to legislate forcing patients to go into dermatology offices. And yes, I'm going to say that out loud. Hi, welcome to the Aesthetic Podcast. I am your host, Aesthetic Ann, R-N-C-A-N-S. And I'm your other host, Sarah. Woohoo, welcome back. I almost back. said, I'm your other host, Hera. <laughs> that that's, too. That's like when I say uh, liquid lumber daters. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be liquid lumber daters. Right. I, I did it again. It's supposed to be oh, lumber no, did it again. liquid daters. I'm your other host, Hera. Welcome <laughs> back to the Hod Past. <laughs> Okay, well, today's subject is going to be an interesting subject. Yeah, tell it's, me about it. It's juicy, baby. It is. I, I think one of the better stories is like how we came across our guest because we do have, it was kind of kismet, actually. Yeah. yeah. Does it top last week, though? I mean, I don't know. Small mm. world. Well, it's kind of cool how we're like finding our guests. Our guests are finding us. It's fabulous. It's The universe is bringing us exactly what our listeners need to hear. Okay, so tell us about this connection. Okay, well, our guest's name is Mr. Ben Chu. He is the CEO at Aesthetics Launch in Ashland, Oregon. Both he and his wife are med spa owners. It, the name of his med spa is Alum Aesthetics. I love that name, Alum. And his wife is the nurse practitioner and the medical director. So in Oregon, unlike Texas... Nurse practitioners is a full practice state, so they don't have to be working under a collaborative physician. They're completely autonomous and on their own, which is awesome. Cool. Yeah. So, hello, Ben. How are you? Hey there, Anne. I am well. Thank you so much for having me on this evening. Well, I'm very happy to have you on. Before we get this started, kind of give us a, a quick background of what we're going to be talking about and why it's important to the consumer. Yeah, so today we're talking a little bit about the proposed um, guidelines for Texas um, for legislation in Texas regarding medical spas that the American Medical Spa Association is uh, proposing and apparently, I didn't know this until I, I heard from you early, actually lobbying quite aggressively in Texas to pass. Um, it seems like it's going to be a very restrictive bill. Um, with some pretty unnecessary restrictions, and then it's going to put a really big burden on the non-MD members of our community. And I think there's a really big you know, possible threat to the consumer that your favorite med spa or your favorite provi providers might uh, disappear essentially overnight and that you're not going to be able to access them. Well, thank you for that explanation. The reason why we're talking to you is I reached out to you after I read your article that you posted on LinkedIn, which... I love the name of your article. We'll link that below. Yes, it will be in the link below. Dr. Amspa and the Creature from Texas. And then you go into the definition of a cartel, which I'm going to let our listeners know, an association of manufacturers and suppliers with purpose of maintaining prices for goods or services at a higher level and restricting competition, which means, as you were talking about, for the consumer is going to be higher prices and possibly not the injector or provider that you were normally used, you know, you would have. Kind of reminiscent of what we were told with the Affordable Care Act. Absolutely. 
Um, you know, I think when we look at regulations, there is always someone that stands to, out, besides the consumer. There's always someone that stands to benefit and someone that stands to lose. And it's really important to, you know, look at that to judge the regulations or proposed legislation on those merits, not just taking them on their word that, you know, it's going to protect people. Exactly. And, and personally, in my opinion, this is not going to protect people at all. It's going to, it's going to actually harm people. It's definitely going to cause prices to rise. It's going to make these goods and services harder to get. A big part of their claims are patient safety issues. And um, then they also want to have like a national consistency. Uh, tell us a, a little of your thoughts about that. I totally get that it, the med spa space, really the aesthetics, you know, medical space does look a little bit like the Wild West in that there are, you know, 50 different states and 50 different sets of laws. Though, you know, I would argue that each state has its own medical board and nursing board that are full of very competent and knowledgeable providers and that most states really already have sufficient laws, even if the laws aren't necessarily identical to each other. I mean, at least in my own experience and our, our med spa, when we see people that have been, you know, had bad treatments or been injured by somebody else and then they come to us, it's almost invariably that they were treated by someone who didn't have any business uh, treating them in the first place, you know, things like hairstylists mm -hmm. administering Botox or uh, medical assistants firing lasers. I mean, these are people that have, you know, no medical licensure whatsoever that are delivering services out there. And, um, you know, they don't have a license of any type to practice any type of medicine. So how is going after people that are doing it above board and that have licenses going to stop those people? I love right. that he's, he used the phrase firing lasers, not just using them, but firing <laughs> them, because that makes it sound more dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Star Wars, you know. It is. And I would suggest to people who are providing laser services not to wear black scrubs or set the laser handpiece between your knees, because you can fire on your black scrubs and it hurts. That's a good tip. <laughs> I've done it before. Pro tip. <laughs> well... So there is an organization called AMSPA, American Medical Spa Association, that you were a member of and um, several providers around the United States are members of. And this organization has put together these guidelines. And the way that AMSPA began, in, to my knowledge, my understanding is that they created a membership that people could join and you could be in any state and it was a group of attorneys or they could refer you to attorneys in your state but they basically kind of summarized all of the like medical and aesthetic laws rules regulations they kind of summarized those things pulled them all together and so you are in Oregon you and your wife you're running a med spa and uh, it would be easy for you to go to join AMSPA and look at those guidelines and regulations and kind of get a hold on what you need to do in Oregon. I'm here in Texas, MedSpa owners here in Texas. So whether you are a licensed physician, if you're a nurse opening a MedSpa, even if 
um, someone that doesn't have a license at all and they want to open a med spa and then, of course, hire people that are licensed to do these proper treatments, they could do the same thing. They could be in Georgia, go look up through AmSpa, be a member, and find out what Georgia has to say. And it was kind of a one-stop shop. Um, so what is this uproar? Because it sounds good, okay? You know, they want to be for patient safety and they want to create these national consistent standards, which in my opinion, is going to be difficult to do. They don't, they don't have national standards for, for any of the medical boards across the United States. We don't have national standards for any of the nursing boards across the United States. You know, I, I don't really see why we need national standards for med spas. I think each med spa should just operate under those rules, regulations, and standards that are already in their state. But although they've done that, they've created this uproar too. So tell us a little bit about the uproar and how you found out about it yourself. Oh, man. I mean, there has been quite the uproar, both in the, the AMSPA, um, you know, members groups and in several other uh, split off groups for, for med spa owners. Um, originally, I had, uh, you know, joined AMSPA because, like you had mentioned, they're sort of the one-stop shop for all of your legal uh, information. But they've also done a really good job over the uh, past couple of years, really kind of collating a bunch of market data um, trends, you know, sort of the general KPIs and numbers for aesthetics businesses. And that was really what drew me to, uh, to becoming a member, even more so than the legal advice. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was invited to some other owners groups, I was really shocked, uh, to find out how business was being done in this industry. Um, you know, first and foremost, I think there are a number of vendors that are uh, potentially a little bit predatory, and I was surprised to see AmSpa uh, backing them up in some cases mm-hmm. uh, to the detriment of some owners. And that's really what got me um, into these alternative groups that have been opened by former AmSpa members and board members and all of that. And then when all of this uproar really started um, about a week ago or two is when things started to really get noisy again mm-hmm. about this legislation. And that's when I really started looking into it. And I couldn't help but notice so many parallels between um, other kind of cartelish uh, regulations and, um, you know, basically just protectionism and cronyism that have been perpetrated in different industries in the past that I just had to, to write that article kind of drawing the, or connecting the parallels for people. So give our listeners a little bit about that article, just kind of a short summary, because I thought it was brilliantly written, and I was laughing out loud just so much of the time, but not laughing out loud because it was funny, haha. It was just, it was so funny as in you were just spot on with describing exactly what was going on. I, I loved it. You know, basically, it's the same story told over and over again that we see in almost every industry Um, where some amount of uh, good traction has been gotten and there's a lot of growth and potential. Uh, Basically, what happens is those business owners that don't like to compete, don't like to innovate, um, don't like to have to work for their share of the market, find ways to legislate out their competition so that they essentially can protect themselves from market forces. They don't have to do as good of a job. They can charge more because the supply is less. And uh, essentially, they're the only ones to go to. So if you don't want to do business with them, then you just don't get to have those services or goods or whatever they happen to be. That's exactly right. And I, I actually had a conversation with Alex 
uh, myself and the nurses from the Texas Aesthetic Nurse Coalition, our board did. We had a conversation with him and I literally told him uh, we did not like the guidelines that they were suggesting because they were extremely restrictive and we can talk about a few of those things in a moment. But I told him that I'm a capitalist, I am a free market capitalist, and I do not live in a socialistic state at the moment or a country <laughs> at the moment, and that uh, it looked like to me that they were trying to legislate forcing patients to go into dermatology offices. And yes, I'm going to say that out loud. They are, that when you look at these guidelines, if you are a nurse, any kind of physician, nurse practitioner, PA, you understand that the business model of dermatology is you have one dermatologist, maybe maybe two, but at least here in Texas, we don't really see large groups of dermatologists. It's usually a single dermatologist. They hire several nurse practitioners and PAs. Um, those are the people that work the rooms, the patients come in, they work the um, insurance reimbursable cases. So any kind of skin condition you have, skin cancer, you know, anything having to do that you would go see a dermatologist for, um, you know, 99% of that's going to be insurance and they do the insurance reimbursables. Now, if you want to have some kind of cosmetic something done, usually they're going to have um, it's not going to be the nurse practitioner or the PA unless it's something highly, highly involved. But usually for Botox or fillers or something simple like that, they're actually going to um, delegate that to a medical assistant or even sometimes an esthetician in their office. And here in Texas, that's that's kind of what the you know caveat is. They say that this is for patient safety, but yet. They turn around and they keep saying that a physician can delegate to whomever they want, but yet nurses can't be doing these, uh, you know, these kinds of procedures because I've been involved with this mess since 2013. There was a lawsuit that myself and a handful of nurses, we filed against the Texas Medical Board because they came in and they created the rule, uh, Medical Board Rule 193.17, which basically took nurses out of aesthetics completely, and it went from physician, uh, nurse practitioner, PA, and then hopped down to medical assistant or an esthetician. Well, why were the nurses knocked out? It, and they kept saying it was for patient safety. Well, it's not for patient safety if you're delegating to um, people that, that don't even have a medical license. So anyway, needless to say, we won that lawsuit, and um, so that was a good victory, but they kind of keep coming around and keep trying to do this. And now what it looks like to me is that the dermatology lobby has gotten really, really strong and they're really, really forcing this hard and they're doing what they can. Um, so I think you and I are kind of seeing the same thing, but, but two kind of different perspectives. You're seeing it from an ownership perspective and I'm seeing it from a licensed nursing perspective. And it's interesting that... We have some differences, but at the same time, we come around to the same conclusion, and it, it affects us very similar manners. Um, and, the, and the bottom line is it affects the patient, and, and not only just what kinds of services they get, but again, we talked about what, what they pay for those services.
How much of your business is made up of aesthetic and cosmetic medical procedures? Technology and innovation often work faster than the laws governing them and protecting you. Traditional male practice insurance often does not extend to new and innovative procedures. Don't wait until you have a problem to find this out. Endorsed by Cellular Medicine Association and happens to be the same insurance that Aesthetic Ann uses, Schroeder Coverage and their MediCoverage has a plan that covers all of your procedures that you perform. You know that your patients are in good hands. Make sure that your practice is too. As a listener to this podcast, you'll have special access to MediCoverage's plans tailored to the procedures you perform today so you can keep innovating to bring your clients and patients the best experience tomorrow. Contact James Schroeder at Schroeder Coverage and schedule your personal consultation. James can be reached at 440-617-9010 or aestheticmalepracticeinsurance.com. Both of those things are in the description below. Thank you so much to our flagship sponsor. Y'all go check it out. Like I said, linked in the description below. And that is just so crazy to me what you just said, that they, the doctors in Texas can actually delegate medical procedures to people that don't have medical licenses, yet they want to remove the RNs. Mm-hmm. It's like, how, how is that in any way, shape, or form about patient safety? You can't do both. To someone that has no schooling and has no idea what they're doing, but we got to get rid of the nurses. I mean, wow. And then you've got the flip side, which I think, Ben, you might be able to discuss a little bit further than I can. Um, but you also have the flip side where they are proposing some of these, quote, guidelines that they are peddling around to the Texas legislature because we did find out and we actually have been speaking with their lobbyist. So that is a known fact that a membership organization, yes, I'm going on a little kind of side rant, but a membership organization that has nurses, NPs and PAs, estheticians and um, med med spa owners, part of this organization, they are paying a lobbyist to lobby against their own members. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about... um, some of their, quote, guidelines that they want to suggest where um, operation of lasers with a physician in the room, et cetera, et cetera. Again, kind of a dermatology thing because I don't know any plastic surgeon that's going to want to hang out doing, you know, a $650 or $1,500 treatment when they could be making 15 or 20 grand in an OR. Yeah. I mean, well, first off, I think in a way it's kind of ingenious, almost like evil genius style to be able to get the people that you're legislating against to pay for it. So in a way, I've got a little bit of like, you know, there's some respect there for sure. Um, (laughs) But, um, you know, in terms of the actual points of legislation themselves, I think, uh, like you just mentioned, the ones that really are the most confusing and that I think would be the most onerous Um, and difficult for practices to comply with is, you know, what you just said, having to have a physician MD in the room every single time you're administering Botox or every single time a a laser is being fired. I mean, in terms of like our practice, you know, so let's say this passed in, in Texas and then it became the national model and became uniform in every single state. I mean, we're an independent practice state, so we could still be open but it would basically just cut us down to being a one provider practice. My wife, Jen, who's our you know FMP and medical director, would literally have to see and service every single patient. 
you know, and how does this, so, I mean, there goes the RNs that we employ and, you know, our esthetician, all that type of stuff. Well, here in Texas, a lot of the estheticians do the laser services, like the IPL, the photofacials, the hair removal, um, you know, some, some skin resurfacing, things like that. Now, with the, you know, more in-depth skin resurfacing, fractional lasers, things like that, I'm a proponent for a nurse doing that, but I also know a lot of estheticians that are laser techs that have been doing it longer than I have, and, and you know, they literally do understand laser physics, and they're great at what they do. Uh, you know, one of the ridiculous things I was reading just before we, we um, came on here to do this is they were saying microneedling at any depth. Microneedling at any depth needed to be done by um, a nurse practitioner, uh, and I believe, or an RN. Well, you know, um, I, I just, and they were talking about microdermabrasion and just different things. I mean, yeah, there, there's, we're not on board with that. Anyway, to, to circle this back around, again, this is really about the consumer. It's not, we're not whining and bitching because they're taking, you know, my time, what I want to be doing during the day, they're taking it away. But I love my patients and I love what I do. And I take what I do very, very seriously. Thank you so much, Ben, for being my guest today. Uh, before I let you go, is there anything else that you would like the consumers to know about what AMSPA is doing? They're systematically going from state to state, but yes, you're right. They're starting here in Texas. They're lobbying in Texas. They're trying to make these guidelines into a legislative-type bill, and then they want to... Uh, use that as the example to take to the other state legislators. So what do you have to say to consumers when it comes to this kind of thing? Well, you know, I think there's a, a real risk with any type of um, prohibitive legislation like this that's going to reduce the, um, the number of licensed providers for being able to treat people out in the public. I think um, when you have any type of prohibitive regulation, all that really ends up happening is that the black market for whatever that associated service is tends to increase. So if it's really about protecting the consumer and protecting the patient, I don't think that's what we're going to see. I think we're going to see a dramatic drop in above-board licensed qualified providers and then people are going to go out and seek these services um, in, in a black market because they're going to be so much more expensive at the handful of medical spas that are allowed to stay open. And that's where the real risk is, is that people are going to get hurt or have botched procedures by trying to save money and going out and purchasing, you know, black market aesthetic services. Absolutely. I could not agree with that more. Um, if you've heard my podcast, you you know that I'm very big on that. I mean, th this podcast is all about patient education, patient information, and therefore empower empowering that patient to make wise and proper decisions. And you're absolutely right. We have enough of a problem as it is, and it would absolutely make that such a bigger problem. And we don't need that. Make sure that you contact your state representative to make sure that your voice is heard, especially here in Texas. We'll link below to the state representative that would best be a part of this situation. We'll also link um, again to Ben's article on LinkedIn and we'll put his Facebook and social info below. But Ben, where else can they find you? Plug, plug what you have going on. Yeah. So, um, 
if you are a med spa owner and you want to rapidly grow your med spa through membership and loyalty programs and add lots of new uh, member patients to your practice, you can reach out to me at uh, ben at aestheticslaunch.com. That's awesome. We really look forward to see seeing how you grow that business and all the great things that you do and how you help people. Thank you so much for being a guest with us today. And thank you, listener, for listening to us today. Make sure that you share this with someone that you know that would be involved in this and care about what's going on with the aesthetic industry. And make sure you like and subscribe and comment and leave us a five-star review so that you can be on our little segment review of the week next episode. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.